And hello from Sydney. Welcome back to the Proof of Concept podcast, the tech show where we explore real-life use cases from the field and discuss some of the hottest questions uh, out there in the field of data science and AI today. My name is Grant Case, your host uh, here in Sydney, and as always is my uh, compatriot up there in Singapore. Uh, hello, Alex Uber. Hey, Grant. Nice to meet you. Compatriot? I mean, I have very... Uh... Tough French accent, I think, no? <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as an American accent in Sydney. I promise you that. I promise you that. So, Alex, today, we in discussion is going to revolve around uh, this thing called AutoML, uh, yeah. autom automated machine learning. And as always, let's kick this off. And, you know, what is the cool stuff we can do with this technology? Well, the... the... The, the cool stuff, the pretty obvious cool stuff that you can do with AutoML is just the ability to train that massive amount of model at the same time and then getting the best result possible as quickly as possible and then transform your business with machine learning and AI because now the, the, prem the premise of it is because I have those models so quickly then I can deliver them to the business and then I can do better trend prediction, for instance, so I can do uh, better um, loan, loan, loan prediction on the website or any kind of application that requires machine learning and AI, um, you know, like anything on your, on your mobile phone. Potentially, there is, mm -hmm. there is an AI system now, and maybe that, that has been developed with an AutoML solution, for instance. And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's really the kind of cool stuff that you see with it now. Yeah, if anything, I think it's just uh, the ability to put it in the hands of, you know, either, you know, someone who has a little bit of understanding of statistics or all the way up to, I know a lot of data scientists who really like this AutoML capability because, yes, while uh, they do hand code, um, that iteration, that ability to actually, you know, check, is it SVM is good? Am I using random forest is XG boost, what sort of uh, set of hyperparameters might be easier or better as a part of this circumstance. The AutoML uh, tooling out there today ultimately helps us get to at least know, am I in the right ballpark? And yep. can yep. get to that answer faster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely one of the, the and I guess we're going to expand on that, like the all, all the stuff around productivity, getting to result faster. Yeah, that's that's definitely the cool thing that revolves around the 2ML. Yeah. So, and again, lots of uh, lots of interesting players in this space. Uh, yep. We've got vendors out there that are doing it. Uh, there's open source projects that are happening with it. I, I Probably there's no more trendier uh, technology right now, I guess, at least in the data science space that I see, uh, than, you know, bringing some sort of auto ML uh, capability yeah. to the party. Yeah, yeah, especially because, and it's it's exactly this. It's 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 super trendy because the the real premise of it once again is it kind of democratizes machine learning and AI, and it it makes it accessible to a lot more um, individuals and and personnel within the enterprise. All of a sudden, you don't have to be uh, a super advanced data scientist anymore. You need to know the the data from the business. You need to know what your customers really are expecting or whatever you want to 
automate internally and, and probably make faster decisions internally with, with the use mm -hmm. of AI. And you don't have to just code and code and code again. You can just, you know, potentially throw uh, a data set to a, a, an AutoML solution and get a, get a quick result. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess a good question we always like to ask is, how can I Eli5 my CEO? How do I Eli5 uh, this, this AutoML? How do I explain it to everybody in the organization? Yeah, so it's not, it's not, it's a fairly easy complex concept to, to grasp, really. Last time we talked about Kubernetes or, or Feature Store, those, those are probably a little bit more difficult to understand. Like if you have to explain that to someone who doesn't understand anything about AI, machine learning analytics, a NotoML solution is just the ability to take um, a, a huge set of models uh, and train them at scale within the organization with just a couple of clicks. I don't have to be once again, an expert PhD, data scientist, computer scientist or whatever. Not I'm that just that doesn't that, that not that that's uh, not a bad not, thing. <laughs> it's 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 not a bad thing, and actually, I'm sure we're going to talk about about this as well. Like, it's it's not because I am um, I am someone who, who doesn't come from data at the first place that I can't run machine learning and AI within the organization. So all of a sudden, the value and the, and the promise is is huge because there are a lot of people in the organization that can have access to AI can potentially be creative with AI and deliver so much more value and so much more value faster for the rest of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think about AutoML? Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on, so subscribe to us on uh, YouTube and check us out on LinkedIn. Uh, so actually I think about AutoML as like you said, it's, it's probably the easiest technology to, you know, make everybody understand, I'm going to build one model. And instead of building one model, I'm going to let the machine build 20 models. Uh, it's not that tough. So, you know, I think that's part of the reason it's been so interesting. And in, you've seen so much uptake in this technology is it's really easy to understand. And it's really easy to understand what the value is of, okay, I'm going to run a bunch of stuff ahead of it and let it go. Um, but that always brings us to this question of, well, you know, how did we get here? Can we kind of compare and contrast? Because yeah. uh, one, you know, get some comments going. You know, this whole concept of who should be doing AutoML and who shouldn't be doing AutoML uh, tends to bring up a, a, its own level of discussion, right? Yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, the, the you know the the debate or the controversy within the industry would be, well. As you said earlier on, if I'm a PhD or an expert data scientist, do I do I need to use an AutoML solution? Or, or or then even more provocative question would be, I I study math and statistics and, and machine learning for so long. So why would I just be using an AutoML solution when I can just simply uh, write the code in Scikit? Uh, I can build a pipeline in Scikit. I can build my Hyperparameter uh, hyper search in Scikit, Scikit being being the, the the gold standard right now for for machine learning um, in terms of the machine learning libraries. Uh, it's it's the de it's the de facto library used by probably ninety percent of data scientists uh, right now when they think Python machine learning and they need to develop something. They're going to be developing it 
into um, into scikit-learn. Um, that's that's all great, but you now are in a position where, on one hand, you depend on an expert coder, data scientist that understand grid search, hyperparameter search, which algorithm to throw at what time of at what type of problem, write the code, maintain the code. Uh, maintain the different sessions that uh, that comes when you when you train a, a, a machine learning model. Like, what if you've got a new features and stuff like that? So you you have to maintain every record and every sessions that you do over time. So that's one choice on on one hand, and then on the other hand, well, you probably have someone once again that um, is somewhat of a product manager that understands the, the needs of the business pretty well. Uh, can do some basic feature engineering, uh, cleaning the data, obviously. And as you said, is going to throw that data set at an AutoML solution, who is going to not only test all the different machine learning available right now on the, on the, on the open source community, but also, you know, just tell you which one is the best. Um, and probably diminish a lot the risk of error. Like, did you do the cross validation properly? Uh, did you are you sure that your that your your data set isn't isn't leaking right now? Which is a common problem uh, that you only realize when you get into production. And that machine can really point for you all the errors, the, the potential problems beforehand. While on the other hand, again. It's 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 an expert who's supposed to know all of these things by himself and catch all this problem by himself. And if he doesn't, well, you know what can happen into production, right? <laughs> exactly. Nothing good. Nothing good. Uh, I think for me, when I kind of compare and contrast, uh, there is this concept and idea. Let's hey, let's take, you know, we're going to take the data scientist out of this e- equation uh, if we're using AutoML. In fact, I kind of look at it as it ends up being a force multiplier. Um, And it actually enforces the concepts you were just kind of describing there, Alex, is how do we get, how do we make sure we're doing it correctly and we're doing it right? So we can debate all we'd like about kind of AutoML and running all of these different uh, algorithms across all of these different patterns and these hyperparameters. And yes, that is... uh, fairly productive. Um, and But I can do that as a data scientist in code. So which one's going to be faster? It's going to be the AutoML. But yeah. I think the one thing is a, you know, someone who's coming from more of a coding background that gets out of this AutoML, and this really becomes the contrast, is all of these different, uh, all of these packages, all of these technologies, including here at Dataiku, uh, we're building kind of that framework to help explain out that code. So yes, you can find the best model, but are you going to do, like you said, are you going to do the right cross-validation? Are you, are you going to do the, you know, are you going to do uh, the matrix? Are you going to do your PDPs, your partial dependency plots? Uh, Are you going to do your fair, uh, fairness? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Explainability. Yeah, yeah, explainability, as you just say, it's it's huge now. And and potentially an AutoML solution is going to take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I think that's probably one of, if just behind productivity, that ability to explain it to the layman ends up yeah. being the best uh, value out of it. So yeah. how do we make money? How do we save money? How do we in- 
improve the customer experience with AutoML. You know, I, I know from my perspective, I've seen a number of different organizations. Customer churn is always uh, an issue for customers. And I always come back and when I'm talking to my students, this difference between prediction and inference. Prediction being, hey, I'm getting the exact right answer uh, and I'm closest to the pin versus inference is I know what and it can, can explain why it's happening. So for me, it's almost helping organizations understand the problem even better than they know today. So when I look at kind of AutoML, especially if we put it into those subject matter experts, it's being able to, in effect, test those that conventional wisdom that might be pervasive uh, inside of the organization. Yep. And yeah, you might prove it out, but great. Uh, if If it's not correct, well, we got a problem. Hey, let's fix it. Yeah, 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 and it's it's a it's it's a very it's a very valid point because you you always have that tension uh, between the business and the analytics team as hey we've been doing it that way for decades and it works pretty well and we expect that feature to be very predictive or that feature to be very predictive um, the AutoML solution can help you to challenge. Uh, the expectation of every uh, different, you know, business expert. I don't deny their expertise, but maybe there is another way of looking at the at looking at the problem. And an AutoML solution is going to give you the ability to see for yourself at a very faster pace uh, that, yeah, potentially another way is possible. And in comparison to what data science was three, four, five years ago, when everybody was complaining about black box algorithm, difficult to understand, the AutoML is also going to give you a lot of reassurance as to, hey, here I have a model who is going to be, um, that can be explained that way, that by the way is also fair across a large number of population. Uh, the AutoML solution can also potentially tell me be careful, right now, I am not fair across a lot of different po uh, population. Do you really want to go into production with this? And that's the kind of thing that a data scientist or a data science team, of course, can do, but you will do that at a much less faster pace. Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately, if we really try to translate that into dollars, um, well, you know, like just basically you can potentially do more, but the reputational cost of having something that's Staying wasn't, out of jail. <laughs> I, yeah, like you don't want to have the press coming after you and say, oh, we have realized that your model doesn't work that well or that well across the population. Obviously, the AutoML is not going to fix the problem of data that you have at the first place, but it can probably pinpoint quicker and better than uh, just the data scientist by himself, uh, where where the issue can be. But but to me, the real value is is once again, it's not uh, AutoML or data scientists. It's I don't know what you what you think about it. But I'm I'm pretty sure that we have the same view. But it's it's the combination of both. I would love to see much more PhDs and data scientists um, being comfortable using AutoML solution because an AutoML solution isn't there to really replace your job. Right, and, I, and again, I think that's absolutely correct. When I think about what an AutoML solution can do, I think a lot of times, uh, one of my former professors, Wayne Winston, he liked to call uh, when we would build an op optimization or a simulation model, 80% of it gets done within the first day. 
Yeah. For a lot of this auto ML stuff, it can take care of that first 80% so much more quickly so that a data scientist does have time uh, to f- focus in. Because guess what? Not every problem needs a data scientist. Uh, yeah. Not every problem is valuable enough to take a data scientist's time. So if we're thinking about auto ML, it's almost you know, picking up opportunity cost. Uh, the opportunity cost associated with that data science to put scientists to put their time all in one uh, particular model versus thinking about six or seven different problems uh, where they can quickly iterate. And the same goes for, you know, in effect, as you said a little bit earlier, democratization, ensuring that everyone in the organization, hey, I may not be able to put a model in production, but if I can at least look at it and say, okay, that kind of makes sense, I can at least make a better decision. Uh, versus I'm rolling out a Tableau dashboard or a Power BI dashboard, and I just throw two things yep. on the screen. It's like, yeah, it looks correlation to me. Let's do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, and, and yeah, like the the ultimately the, the 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 real benefit of it is you have to put it in the hands of more people that can look at the problem uh, with different angles and just build on the wisdom of the crowd and. And, and at the same time, keep in mind the limit of AutoML solution, right? It's not a magical solution that all of a sudden is going to solve anything and everything. If, if, if anything, I would also love to see the conversation around AI being, uh, thanks to AutoML solution, more focused on the way we build features, mm-hmm. uh, more focused on the way we collect data at the first place to make sure that the AutoML solution isn't going to have to send all those big red alerts saying, hey, I, <laughs> I am not predicting the same thing across the board, guys. You have to fix your data. Um, and, and I yeah. think actually it's the kind of jobs that will start to, you know, data scientist. Okay, great. But you're going to have a lot of new titles like, I don't know, right. data hygienist or anything like that that, that <laughs> leads around an O2ML solution. Uh, I need a data hygienist to, to clean my data. <laughs> okay, so you kind of got into our last segment here on the POC. And again, if you've got interesting thoughts around this uh, AutoML capabilities, what do you? what is your organization doing with AutoML? Uh, follow us on LinkedIn, hit us with the comments here, and subscribe to us here at uh, the POC. So for our last, uh, let's talk a little bit about predictions. What does the future hold for AutoML, Alex? It's it's let's let's be frank. It's the it's the future, right? Like anything that tends towards low code and simplification of technology overall, democratization of technology, making sure that once again we can build on the wisdom of the crowd. Any type of solution that allows that has a bright future ahead of them. Uh, that's that's my view. Like the the if if the question is, are we going to see AutoML solution in uh, five ten years? Yeah, and probably even more robust than what you can what we can think right now. Like it's going to be amazing and tremendous what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I have a little bit of a different take on this. Uh, I think AutoML as just a particular solution in general is going to continue to grow. I'm completely with you there. If I see just the value that this brings to a potential organization, absolutely. I think I kind of come dovetail to something you were saying, talking about earlier about you know using AI and AutoML to create new features. I think as a solution in of itself, AutoML doesn't have legs you know, very long. 
I think it ends up becoming just like just about everything uh, consumed into a larger and larger piece of this entire data science pipeline. Yeah. Uh, I always like to call back to uh, just this democratization and philosophy, you know, going back in time to the early aughts, uh, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting a webmaster uh, job search. Uh, try to go find that today. It's not happening. You see this kind of divergence, right? You see, you know, people that write content for the website and you have, uh, you know, web programmers to go exactly. program code, but there's no webmaster out there writing HTML and writing content. So yeah. for me, it almost this concept of someone just doing just this or just having this as their particular, you know, it's going to be across every product, uh, to be yep. fair. You know, why wouldn't you? Uh, especially as the open source world opens up even further to this because the data scientists are now finding a lot of the value itself. And ultimately, I think it's going to be better for us as just a uh, generally as a population because those AutoML capabilities I am actually going to put directly into, uh, I'm going to make sure that I do have all of that feature fairness, right? Uh, I'm ensuring I don't have that target leakage. That's just something, you know, it's one of those check boxes. Uh, it's easy for a machine to do. It's easy for some programming and, to do, uh, but I can uh, always forget it. But but here is a question for you then, because the step, obviously, to ML comes, comes, technically speaking, when you have a clean data set and everything, right? And mm -hmm. the feature engineering is done. Something that I'm not so sure about is, do you expect to see AutoML solution to go a little bit more on the left side of the spectrum and doing a lot of a lot more of auto feature engineering? Because it, it, was, it was a theme three, four, five years ago, I remember. It never really exploded as much as what some people have, have predicted, but what 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 do you think here? Uh, I think it ultimately it ends up being a harder problem, right? What's easier mm -hmm. to write a program or to run a model or to get the inputs into the model? It's always the inputs. And I think yeah. the generation of features, I would love to have something that would do that for me. Uh, but ultimately, you start getting back into that subject matter expertise level. Yeah. And that's yeah. where us as a data science team are sitting around and okay, how do we kick around ideas? Um, yeah. And that's where the value starts to bring. So Always, always invest in your people. Ultimately, a no-to-ML solution is going to help you like augment your people, but not really replace them. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that will be our final word for uh, today's podcast. So Alex, want to thank you out there in Singapore. Thanks, this man. is Grant Case. Thanks for listening to us here on the Proof of Concept podcast. Again, stay tuned for new episodes uh, coming up. And always follow us on LinkedIn and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we hope to hear from you. Take care, everyone. Thanks, and have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye.